Hello everyone, this is Gihan Pereira and welcome to this webinar which is actually the monthly social media forum. It's something that I run on the last Wednesday of every month and it's different from the webinars that I normally do because the webinars I normally do are where I am the presenter and uh, most people are sitting back and participating when they want to ask questions, but most of the time it's me presenting. These social media forums are run slightly differently, where it's very much about me being the facilitator. Other people can ask questions, and some questions have come in already, and uh, everyone can contribute and participate. And it's about sharing our experiences with social media and uh, helping each other out. And s some of it may just be sharing your experience might be enough, because it'll give other people some ideas. So people who have been on my webinars before will know the rules of engagement, but I know that not everybody on the call it has been on my webinars before. So as I said, it's all about asking questions, so feel free to uh, ask questions, not only the ones that have been sent in, in advance, but uh, any other questions that come along that, that are raised during the, t uh, during the time. I'm happy to, to uh, open them up for other people to answer. Please contribute, so please add your two bits worth, uh, whatever you think it's worth. It will be valuable to somebody in the group, and uh, uh, it's very much about uh, experiences as well. Do be careful, because even though we had We've got a smaller group today than normal, but be careful because I'm recording it and I'll be making the recording available publicly on my blog and to members of the eGurus community. So just be careful about what you say and keep confidential and private things confidential and private. Um, but the point that I do really want to make is that we're all equal here. And as I said earlier, it's not about me being the expert. It's about everybody contributing, participating, and sharing their experiences, especially because this area of social media is an area that a lot of it's new for a lot of people. So your experience is probably as valuable as anybody else's. And I certainly don't hold myself up as a social media expert. And it's hard to imagine anybody who does unless they've actually got the results to say, we've made real business gains through social media, so your experience is really valuable. So the way it works is that we'll look at the questions that people have submitted earlier, and there haven't been many, so it, a lot of this is just going to be discussion from the group based on, um, not, not so much about what's been submitted earlier, but on any questions that come up and answering and participating and taking part in the conversations. So normally we do have more questions in advance, uh, but we ha haven't today. So if other questions come up, we, you'll have time to discuss them or talk about them um, or, or raise your own uh, as well. So I'm going to jump in in a, in a couple of minutes into the questions that have been asked before because I did ask people to ask them before and I said I'll give them priority. But let me give you my big picture model around social media and where it fits in to your online strategy. And I normally work with uh, infopreneurs or information experts. So I have a model that, uh, if you like, the metaphor of this is the solar system. And some of you will have seen me do this before, so I'm, on, I'm going to do it fairly briefly. So please bear with me if you have seen it before. Think of your website as the core, the sun in your solar system. And it used to be that people would come to your website first to find out about you, but now they're going to find out about you in places other than your website. So they're going to be, they're going to come into, uh, come into contact with your solar system in places other than your website. And so they might come into contact with one of these outer planets first before they ever see your website. So just to put this in context for you in terms of my solar system, let me show you what it looks like. So I have my website, gihanperera.com, in the middle. And around that, I have four key marketing tools. And these are my email newsletter called Experts Gold. Uh, I also have a podcast, uh, a blog also uh, at gihanperera.info, and a podcast also called Experts Gold, which I publish every two weeks, and my YouTube channel, which is gihanperera.tv. Those are the four things that I use to get my expertise out there. Then surrounding that, in the outer planets, so those are the inner planets, the outer planets are the things that people typically think of as social media. So things like my Twitter account at Gihan Pereira, my LinkedIn account, my Facebook account. And uh, again, in this area of outer planets, I'd consider other things like participating in online forums. So I'm a member of a number of different communities and I, I participate, I ask questions, I answer questions, I take part in discussions. So I see, for most of us, uh, especially for us who are information experts, Experts, that your website's a core, you've got these uh, inner planets, which are where you get your expertise out there, and then you've got your social media tools, which are further out, and they're how you make connections and reconnections. So with that in mind, and uh, with that with that frame up, let's look at the questions that have come in. So Gary, I'm going to start with yours, 
because you've asked a question about using social media uh, for sales. Um, so I'm just going to turn your microphone on, Gary, and if you want to ask that, to elaborate on the question that you've asked here. Yes, thanks, Gary. Um, I suppose I, I consider myself 15 months old as far as social media tools are concerned, So, uh, but done a fair bit of work in that 15 months um, time. Uh, including having set up our own uh, social uh, network and learning community, etc., Facebook and blogs and internet TV channel, etc. But one of the challenges that, that um, I see is I'm really interested to know how folk are using social media to sell while still remaining true to their character. And I'll, I'll take Twitter as an example. Um, Twitter to me is nearly it just I'm trying to get past Twitter being something where everyone's selling and no one's buying. Um, I'm just interested in people's thoughts uh, in that space and, and how, how you're going about remaining true to your character um, without just doing the, the full-on big sell and maybe not much substance behind it. Yeah, okay. Thanks, Gary. So I'm just going to open that up to the floor if anyone has any comments on that. Uh, I've got everyone's microphone turned off at the moment except for mine and Gary's. So if you'd like to contribute, please raise your hand and I'll turn your microphone on or type a question in the question box if you don't have a mic. But I'd rather have people uh, raise their hand and contribute. Does anyone want to add, uh, add any comments on that? Okay, Helen. Hi, Helen. How are you going? I'm well, Gihan. How are you? Yeah, I'm happy. <laughs> I love asking you that question because I love your answer. <laughs> Great. Um, <laughs> we'll have yours first, Helen, and then I'll call on Pete Miller as well. Okay. Uh, so um, I think the I, I, I kind of I understand Gary's feeling. I think in my in the streams that I watch, um, there's a fair bit of selling, and, and I think and, and I don't know how much buying. The people that I've spoken to who have who have had buying, it's more about sharing. Uh, useful information and then offering that the, the, there might be more of that information elsewhere and that's where the selling gets done. I think the people that are selling, wanting, trying to sell direct on Twitter are perhaps not really understanding that, that the power of sharing information to lead people to buying more from you rather than just getting out there and saying, hey, buy this. Okay, so it's, uh, you, am I on, Gihan? I'm not yeah, sure yep, you are. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so Helen, you're saying, um, really focus on, on getting your information out there and if you're giving information uh, on, on some occasions that information will then link to products and things that you, you actually have and then that gives people the opportunity to go there. Have I captured that accurately? Yeah, that's my, that's my, my feeling from talking to the people who have, have managed to get things selling on or selling via their Twitter communications. They haven't actually sold directly on or, or to kind of their Twitter, uh, their, their tweets. They have um, added value and then that has meant to a sale. Yes. Yeah, okay. okay thank you. Pete, I'm just, I'm going to, Helen, leave your microphone and Gary's microphone open. Uh, Pete Miller, are you there and do you want to add something? Hi, Ian. I am here and I'm yet to find someone who has made some decent money out of Twitter. I always sort of think how it was originally developed. It wasn't ever originally developed to make money for the users anyway. Um, it, it's, it's a great campfire utility, what I call a campfire utility, it's just to get people around you and discuss. Um, I use Twitter because it links off my blogs and all the other Facebooks and other social media tools automatically. Um, if I have nothing to do, I'll just go on there and, and, and have a look what people are saying. But basically, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a fun sort of thing for me. Yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm yeah. Do you go, Okay, well, but I'm pretty much the same as you, Pete. I, I see the social media tools, if you like, the outer planets in my solar system, as being more networking tools. And just as I wouldn't go to a networking function and push products or services, but I'd use it to connect or to reconnect with people, then I would. I use Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn the same way. Now, I think this very much. It, it does depend on our market and the all of the people in this conversation so far were the sort of people who sell information. Now, there are companies who are making money from Twitter, and the way they do it is they will ask people to follow, and then they'll say, okay, like an airline would say, okay, we've got 20 seats available at a discount price, and we need to fill within the next two hours. And so they'll announce that only on Twitter, and therefore they'll sell those airline seats. But we tend not to be in that sort of situation. Mm. Yes. 
Uh, and I, I don't want to just get caught on Twitter because social media is clearly much bigger than that. And um, I suppose one of my challenges, and I am on Facebook and LinkedIn and we've got uh, the blogs and uh, online TV. I, I suppose I'm interested in people's experience with the timelines of being there. As I said earlier, I, I consider myself 15 months old and, and spent a lot of time um, creating product and material and, and hopefully giving value for free, if you like. Um, I'm interested in people's timelines before you started to see money, you start to trickle in and then hopefully it's become more of a trickle. And I suppose I haven't seemed to have come across that many people that can even say from any of the social networking that they're really making a lot so far and, and maybe I just haven't been speaking with the right people so far, which is why I'm here today. But. <laughs> okay, I'm going to, Bill, you've got your hand raised. I've left everybody else's microphones open so far. And Bill, do you want to add something there? Sure, Gihan. Uh, the uh, I think it was a question Gary raised. Is there anyone sort of making money out of it there, or whether it was Pete? I can't remember. But uh, the person that comes to mind immediately would be Yvonne Adele. Uh, she's uh, part of the Victoria. She's the um, president of the um, national speakers here in Victoria. And I know that what she did was that she tweeted to all of her people that were following her. Uh, her uh, service of generating some ideas for people and uh, utilise the fact that in Australia we're a long way from Europe and the US and what have you and to cut a long story short she basically got some people that would work for a certain amount of money per hour to generate ideas whilst people sleep here in Australia and so she has a service where the people that uh, brainstorm ideas for her overseas are working whilst uh, people who have asked for a hundred ideas in the you know by a certain time in the morning uh, have gone ahead and um, you know received that so they pay her for that and she pays the people that were following on Twitter to say yeah I'd like to be one of the people who works for you yes yeah, very clever business model isn't it Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah, so she's, uh, I think it's called Ideas Culture, isn't it, or something like that? Yeah, that's Yvonne's business, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I'll follow her. And Sam, Sam Maxwell, do you want to say something? I've just seen your hand raised. Yeah, thanks, Vihan. Um, I think it was Gary's question um, with regards to the timeline. Um, the thing that I've found probably over the last couple of months is I wouldn't put a timeline timeline on it in terms of things like, you know, it's going to do two months, three months, twelve months. But it's more I think how much you actually contribute. Um, and it's what I agree with what Helen and also what Dehan were saying, that using Twitter, Facebook and other social network mediums to link back to your website and your your, your products and services. And the more that you're um, sort of putting out there, but also the more you're engaging with um, sort of potential clients or with um, you know others in your in your industry, um, you can really sort of represent yourself as, as as the expert. So it comes back to I think what um, what Helen mentioned that it's not just I think you know selling everything everything that you do or that you have. Um, I have a bit of a I've seen sort of certain formulas and things like that, and I would say that probably about a third um, of of tweets should actually only be about yourself in terms of your products, your services and that kind of thing, with the remaining two-thirds being you know, retweets of, um, mm. of others, um, replies, um, and even you know, links or insights to, um, to certain things within, within your industry. And I think this is where social media has got the biggest, the biggest advantage, is that people don't check um, you know, the, the, a website every single day, but they do check, you know, Facebook every single day. So if you can be on their, you know, on their wall or on their um, on their Twitter feed regularly, you're getting in front of them on a on a more regular basis. Um, whereas yeah, it's all about exactly as you said before, behind you know, using this to drive to drive traffic, to be in front of their face on their computer screen um, and ultimately to uh, to get more sales. So Sam, if I can clarify what you said there when you're talking about that one third and two thirds, you're not yeah. even talking about that one in three being selling, are you? You're just saying one in mm. three is about you. Is that right? 
That's right, yeah. So I have a rough kind of rule that I would say one in every three tweets would only would be about something about um, try to be something about myself, whether it's a link to my to a blog post um, or whether it's um, news about um, an athlete um, that I manage. And the other two thirds, um, I try to you know retweet, um, retweet, retweet, retweet a news item or a something else um, in the industry or a, a YouTube video that I've seen that I think is applicable, um, something like that. So this is probably the research and look at the, the information that I've looked at probably over the last couple of months. And I've really only started to do this probably in the last, um, probably in the last month. And that's where I've actually found the, the biggest benefit in terms of people, people who are following me are now, um, and the responses I get are, are specific to to the type of work that I'm doing, if that makes sense. Mm, okay, so that's an interesting rule because I think that I, for maybe one in ten tweets that I make is is selling or promoting something that people yeah. have to buy, but probably the other nine, maybe seven out of the nine, are about me or a blog post that I've done. And I think I'm going to start using your rule, Sam, because I think that that idea of making it more about other people, even if it's even at the expense of providing my own blog posts, which are valuable to them, but they're not still mm. about me. So I like that idea. Gary, do you have any comments yeah. on that? Yeah, I, 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 um, uh, I'm aware of that uh, rule, actually. I can't remember where I heard that one. And just recently I've been trying to do that myself with Twitter. I suppose I, I see Facebook maybe as a bit different, and, and possibly like most people, I've got a personal Facebook, but also have our organisational Facebook, and I try to keep both of them alive. So I'm, I'm interested in... Um, how folk are using maybe both their Facebook presences if you have more than one, and if you don't, why do you only have yourself or whatever the case may be? It's, um, and, and, and sort of in that context, I, I know with Facebook, I try and like as many people as I can and make comments on what they're doing, blah, 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 um, and, and do similarly from the, um, from the organisational Facebook page. Um, but are you suggesting that on the organisational Facebook page I should possibly be posting articles and links to other people rather than just ourselves? I want, I want to get back to that question, Gary, because actually that, that will lead into one of the questions that Helen Mack asked as well, yeah. which is exactly that same question, I think, but I'll, I'll let Helen add her bit to that as well. Um, just just uh, for Sam, because Sam, I just want to ask you a follow-up question about the way that you've been using Twitter and Facebook in particular, because the last month yeah. you've been travelling, and one of the interesting things about your travel is that you've been travelling to time zones that are very different from Australia's. So mm. how has that affected your Twitter feeds? Because, you know, you might post something and we're all, we're all asleep here when you're, you might be living it up in Paris. How has that affected yeah, your true. Twitter response? Um, what I actually do is, um, and I've, I did this just before I left, and when I was away, so the bulk of my sort of business and my clients um, are all in Australia. I use um, TweetDeck with the scheduled, um, uh, the, the scheduled uh, tweets. So sometimes what I would do is I'd actually enter five tweets at once, so three or four, and I actually put, I'd send them out. Um, you can. Um, set a time and when you want them to, to be sent out. And so that's what I was doing when I was over in Europe so that, you know, it wasn't on my, um, my Twitter feed, you know, sort of midnight or something um, in Australia. Um, and also the way I find that that works is that if I only want to spend, you know, a quick sort of 15 minutes or on Twitter a day, I can then space um, my tweets out over the day. So it's not just five tweets from Sam Maxwell that you see in five or ten minutes that come up on the wall. It's spaced out over the course of, um, over the course of, uh, I guess, of an, of an Australian working day. Okay, great. Yep, thank you for that. That's exactly what I want to know. Okay, so I'm going to move on to, I'm just going to open up your mic, Helen, because the question that Gary led on to is, I think, very similar to that question that you can see on the left that you asked about transitioning from Facebook to um, just a Facebook personal page to a uh, Facebook fan, fan page. Um, the, I, do you want to go back to my Twitter question first? No, let's, let's do this other one first, okay. and we'll come back to the other one. I, I confess that I was moving away from my noisy location to a quiet location, and I missed a little bit of Gary's um, 
So, just, uh, just ask the question that you had, Helen, because I think okay, it'll be the same. Was, okay, so my question was, um, or is that um, I, I currently have a Facebook page and I use it, my, I, I use it to communicate with, with friends. I don't do a lot of, um, I don't do a lot of business announcements. Although if I'm having, if there's a workshop or you know, I'll, I'll post little thoughts about my uh, world, um, I don't use it as a sort of a. a, a a friend's social thing of, you know, come to my party and I've just um, brought in your dress, but I, I don't use it particularly strongly as a um, business page and I'm uh, getting messages that, that I need to, with the slightly more business focus, I want to move to a Facebook fan page. I guess the question that I have is really around um, hints for young players in terms of that move, but secondly, do I then keep my Facebook page for my friends and move my business associates to my fan page, or I'm just feeling a bit overwhelmed and, and um, discombobulated about that transition? Okay, thank you. So I'm going to I'm just going to turn your mic off, Helen, because I get a bit of feedback when I'm speaking. So just uh, I'll turn it on again. I'll raise your hand if you want to comment. I'm just going to turn Gary's mic on. And Gary, is anything you want to add to that from your previous question? Uh, no, that's that's spot on. Thank you. Great. So who'd like to contribute to that? Because I don't have a Facebook fan page. I certainly don't have any experience in that area. But are there people who've got both and are using both or have switched from one to the other? Sam, I can see your mic, your hand up. Yeah, go ahead, Sam. Yeah, thanks, Nihan. Yeah, I have both um, a Facebook, so personal profile and also um, a fan page for, um, for my business. And I find that the two work well together, um, but um, most of all my business um, uh, posts and that kind of thing are obviously through the through the fan page. But then I try and promote it a little bit through the personal um, the personal profile as well. One thing that you find is that being, I suppose, an infopreneur, that obviously your name is attached to a lot of what you do, and if you get, I often find that people add me on Facebook um, as a friend for my personal, my, my personal page. Mm -hmm. What I do is I have, um, you can set categories for what those types, uh, sort of types of people are able to view on your personal page. Um, so, for example, they can't see photos or wall posts that sort of my friends write on my wall or that kind of thing, and they can only see sort of business type posts, so that works That works really well. Um, and I think the, there are a lot more options with, with a fan page as well um, in terms of um, you know, you're not limited to the number of fans that, that can be a fan and there are a lot more ways you can promote it with the plugins and that kind of thing as well that I think, I think works really well. Were you ever in the situation where you transitioned people across from the from your personal page? So when Facebook started creating those business pages or fan pages, that you told people, "Okay, now I've got a fan page. Please go there instead." Yeah, I um, I pretty much as pretty much the week that Facebook um released kind of their, their fan pages, um, I that's when I signed up for my for the fan page. And that was an advantage for me because I could say, look, this is the direction Facebook is moving, this is what I'm going to do, and I'd like you to, to also um, become a fan of, of that particular page. Um, so I was sort of quite lucky in that sense. Um, and I didn't really have such any problems. A lot of, pretty everyone came, came across, which was, which was really good. Okay, great. Helen? Um, my, my question of Sam is, um, are they... Are they both in your name, or is one in your name and one in your business name, or how have you managed the difference between the two? Yeah, sure. Um, my, my my business is called Sam Maxwell Sports Management. Um, so from that from that perspective, um, that's where my name my my name obviously comes in. Um, and I have a few other um, staff that do a sort of bit of work um, for me. But because of my um, the, the clients that I work with and the relationship that I build with them, that's when I then get people adding me as a friend on 
um, on Facebook. And if I don't know someone, I often always accept them, but I would try and get in contact with them and say, look, you know, if it's about a um, business, uh, sort of the sports management type of thing, I would direct them towards the fan page because that's where the um, where most of that information is posted. Do you have a follow-up comment or question, Helen? Yes, sorry. Uh, the, the little lady said unmuted or muted while Sam was saying. So, Sam, your your Facebook page is, is your is your personal name, and your fan page is the Sam Maxwell Sports Management. Is that correct? And, and can you just yes. Okay, yeah, so that's, that's correct. correct. Yes. So, Jihan, with my scenario, then my my Facebook page would be Helen McDonald, and my fan page might be Helen Max Corporate Optimist. Um, if you're asking for an opinion, <laughs> yeah. and if you're asking for an opinion from someone who hasn't done it yet, my tendency would be to make the fan page around corporate optimism, actually. So just corporate optimism or Helen Mac corporate optimism? Yeah, but I'm not the right person to ask for this. What do you think, Sam? Um, I personally would say um, Helen Mac corporate optimist um, because I've, I've followed your thing for a while, Helen, and I think a lot of your work is, also, is because of your name, and that's important. Mm. So that's why I think that's... You can use the two the two together to move it to more the business the business type um, scenario and yeah that, that's what I go for. Right, thanks, Sam. Great. Okay, I've seen I uh, see a couple of other people with their hands up. Helen, I'm just the only reason I'm muting you is because we get a bit of feedback. But please raise your hand again. You're still in the conversation. So let's uh, let's hear from Karen Boys first, and then Gary. Karen. Hi. Um, I have three Facebook pages. One is my own, one is for our teacher market, and one is for students, and they all have completely different names. So I think it depends on uh, your target market and who you're trying to get to. The interesting thing is people do come up to my page first, because it's me they know, and then what we do is we invite them to join the other pages depending on uh, whether they're a teacher or a student. So um, we use all of them, but my name is not in the other two. And I think that depends on your business strategy because uh, my business is, is growing bigger than me now, so we have other speakers and other presenters. So it just depends on what your business strategy is as to what you might call your different Facebook pages. And just from a practical viewpoint, Karen, when you say that people might want to connect with you first and then you direct them to somebody else, do you do that or does Jess do that or do you have some automated way of doing that? Uh, I usually do that when I'm sitting in front of the TV at night. <laughs> thanks. Or at an airport. <laughs> okay, cool, thanks. Uh, I, I want to turn on Gary. I want to turn on your mic oh, as well. Thanks, Gihan. We're very similar to Karen because I'm... Uh, a, a bit different where it's not just me, I am in a business partnership. So our Facebook page uh, for our company is our company's name, which is Organisations That Matter, and that's to, that, that is a deliberate branding strategy so that people are landing with a familiar name and brand that they're used to seeing. And, and similar to Karen, um, both Andrew and I invite people across from our personal Facebook pages um, to, to come and join the organisations that matter. Now, I don't know if we're doing it right or not, but that, that's the way we're doing it at the moment. Now, I was interested to hear a little bit more from Sam about the, uh, the plugins he mentioned that he was using to promote uh, his um, Facebook uh, fan page. And if anyone could explain to me why Facebook changed it from fan page to liking, that would also be interesting. <laughs> All right, well, I'll hand over to Sam first. Your mic's still open, Sam. Yeah, sure. Um, thanks. The first, the, the the fan page. I'll answer your second question first, um, Gary. But they the reason they changed it was they thought that it wasn't as um, as intrusive um, just to to like something as opposed to to become a fan. So they thought they'd be able, that each page would be able to get more more fans in quotes um, using it that way. I'm not sure whether or not it's worked, but that was their that that was their rationale behind it. I know that. Um, in regards to your question about the, the plugins, um, the number of plugins that are that are on um, <coughs> that are available 
for, for Facebook fan pages are there's so many out there. For example, just the ones ones that I use at the moment. I'm actually in the process of developing um, a few at the moment. Is that you can have a few plugins that automatically um, put your your blog um, and Twitter posts, um, whether on your on your wall or it can be as like a widget on the side of your page. So, for example, one thing that I do is that a blog post is automatically comes up. Um, on the wall of my fan page, um, but you can also have your Twitter posts just on the widget on, say, the left-hand side. So when someone clicks on the fan page, they can they can see that. You can also have welcome pages, so that becomes more like a, a website. So if someone actually hasn't been to your your fan page before, the first time they click on it, it actually becomes it's a welcome page. So it, it, what it does is it you you design that yourself. Um, you can put the text, the images, what you want to do, so you can get, you can tell them what your business is about um, or who you are, whatever, really whatever you want to do, as opposed to them seeing, um, you know, the wall with, you know, mm -hmm. five or six comments um, and that kind of thing. Sam, excuse um, me. I'm, yeah, sure. Would it help if I actually showed this on the screen? Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. I can actually. Um, let me do this. Is, it the, my, is it the Sam Maxwell's No, no, that's right. Is it the Sam Maxwell Sports Management page? Uh, yeah, that's that's that one. Um, that's for the. I'm actually setting up the welcome page at the moment, so that's not up there. Um, All right, magic. There it is. Yeah. So that's how. Um, so you can see the. If everyone can see that on the second one down, um, Ben Offerman's leaves for Cologne. That's just from um, from my blog, and that just gets automatically uh, put in uh, put on the wall. One thing I am, as I said before, I'm doing at the moment is is a welcome page. So if someone goes to that page for the first time, they can see who I am, what I do, and that kind of thing, as opposed to seeing the page that everyone would see at the moment. Right. So this is more like a story. Yeah, go ahead, Gary. Sorry for my... Yeah, I was just going to ask... Um, sorry, did I just cut in over someone? No, go ahead, Gary, and then we'll have Karen again. Okay. I was just... Sorry for my ignorance, but where do you get those plugins? Are they in Facebook or...? Yeah, sure. Um, they, they actually, you can get ones in Facebook, but also externally as well. If you go... If you open up your, your Facebook page... Um, yep. And you see, actually, even you can see on the one that Gihan's on mine at the moment, see how it's got wall info blog video photos? On mm -hmm. to, to the right of that, um, Gihan can't see that because it's not his page. On your page, there'll be a plus symbol. Mm, okay. oh, yes. and if, 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 you click on, if you click on that, it then opens up um, a whole lot of Facebook plugins. Uh -huh. That you can that you can add. Um, alternatively, um, if you even if you just Google, um, you know, for, for any plugin that you want, there's there's one mm -hmm. on Facebook, and I'm more than happy to, to talk with you offline if you want, Gary, about certain things that you that you may want to do um, um, about that. But yeah, the, the plus the plus symbol. If you click on that, that that's got hundreds of um, of plugins that you can that you can use. Magic. Thank you. Great. Karen, did you want to add something? No, I had the same question. Thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. Helen has asked a question, Sam, and I think this is a question for you as well. So let me just get Helen's microphone on again. Helen, go ahead. Thank you, Helen. Um, Sam, the welcome page process that you are talking about, um, is that yep. a, 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 a Facebook for dummies level, or do you need a little bit more capacity with various other cleverness around web design? Yeah, no, it's really, it's really simple. It depends how much you know detail you want in terms of the graphic design side of things. Um, but you can literally just—it is really simple. Just like doing a word document um, or a PowerPoint presentation, and just just bringing it across. Um, so it is quite simple. But if you want to add more things. You can actually add links on your on your welcome page um, that link back to your web to certain areas of your website and things like that. 
that's when it becomes a little bit more tricky. Um, but one thing that I'm doing, and I've actually just um, outsourced it through Elance, the, um, the complex things, and that works really well. Great. Thanks, Sam. Um, I do want to get on to your second question, Helen, but before we do that, given that we've got Sam on the line and he's talking about Facebook, is obviously more advanced than most people um, are. I think most, pe most people in general are. Is anybody else who has questions for Sam? I see Gary, you've got your hand raised again. Go ahead, Gary. Oh, yeah, sorry for uh, dominating you, but uh, I just recently learned how to add the Facebook like page to my blogger account. Uh, sorry, the Facebook like button. It's actually proven to be quite useful. Um, and it's just a matter of a simple Google search to uh, you, you do Google um, face, uh, Facebook like, like button for blogger and you get the instructions and you can actually add it into your posts and I've found that to be a useful way to virally start to market the blogs. Um, I don't know, Sam, if you're using that or other folk are using that as well. Yeah, no, I have that on, uh, on my blog as well. Um, with the, You can get the, the plugin that says... Um, you know, become a. I've forgotten what mine says now. Become a become a fan of of Sam Maxwell Sports Management, and I I agree, Gary. It's a really good it's a good way of just. You don't even have to go to Facebook to become. You don't actually have to log into Facebook to become a um, a fan. You can just click, um, as you said, on the button on on your blog, and it goes from there, which is a really good it's a really good tool. That, that's actually different again to what I've actually added, so I might add that one as well. But mine's just a like button, so if people people can actually like the blog, and then that goes oh, on okay. their wall. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's a fairly recent thing that Facebook did in the last few months to allow you to add like buttons to any page on the web, which has mm. been which has been quite successful for Facebook certainly, and. Uh, I'm, I saw some stats that came out in the last week or so that Facebook announced they've got 500 million users, which, if it is a country, it would be mm. the third biggest country in the world behind China and India. Mm. So, yeah, it's, there's a lot of – they've got a lot of clout, but they've also got a lot of users, so we should be looking into that. So Pete Miller has a comment as well. I'm just going to see if, Pete, you've got a microphone open. Let's see. Go ahead, Pete. Okay. Uh, hi, Um I came across this book called Social Media Tactics, and um, I sell it as an affiliate. Um, I, I love the book. It's been very, very helpful. So I've just organized um, for all the people on the webinar to get this free ebook um, if they put in the word e-gurus at the shopping cart for the next, I think, two days. Brilliant. Um, Thank you. And uh, Social Media Tactics, socialmedia-tactics.com, you'll see it there. And, um, yeah, I found it very, very, very simple, explains things in a very, very simple, straightforward way. Fantastic. Thanks, Pete. So, okay. is it, I'm just bringing up the page now to tell me if this is the right one. That, that's it, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's good, Pete Miller. Fantastic. Thanks so much. I mean, this is, yeah. this is the real value of having this webinar and me shutting up and not contributing because other people can. Thanks so much, Pete, and thanks yeah. so much, Sam, as well. Okay. All you have to do is put the word eGurus in the, in the coupon code at the shopping cart and you'll get it for free. Brilliant. Thanks so much. And I'm sure I'm speaking on behalf of everybody else on the webinar as well. Okay, so I'm going to switch back to uh, Helen's second question. So let me just turn off your mic, Pete and Sam. And uh, so Helen's second question was also about social media, but not about Facebook. It was about Twitter. So... Let me turn your mic on again, Helen. Thanks, Dina. Um, it's part of this uh, changing of brand. I, I uh, have been the juiced up lady for uh, a couple of years and then realize, have realized that that's a subset of my bigger topic and so I'm moving to corporate optimism as my new brand, corporate optimism with me as the corporate optimist. Um, my name is not available on Twitter. There's just too many Helen McDonalds and, and no other way. I've, I've tried everything that makes sense and that's just not going to happen. Um, so I used to be Juiced Up Helen and I have uh, got Corp Optimist so it fits nicely and is small enough that retweets are quite um, civilised. Uh, so Corp Optimist is the new one. I'm, I'm a relative baby on uh, on Twitter and I've sort of I've told people about the new Twitter account. I've, I've announced it on Juiced Up Helen a couple of times. Um, and, and talked and sort of said, you know, I'm, I'm moving across. I'm just looking for any brainy 
ideas on how, I'm, as I said, a bit of a, I'm not, I don't have a huge number of followers and there's a number of people that I'm following and I would like to get all of those people over to my new Twitter account. So any thoughts on that? Okay. okay. Sam, I can see your hand raised. Go ahead. Yeah, Helen, um, just a quick question first. Did you still want to, your old Twitter account, did you still want to continue with that? Or are you just going to move everything across? It's a good question, Sam. I, I, um, at one level, well, the, two, the two are so intrinsically linked that I think it would be a duplication of effort and all I would be doing is retweeting onto Juiced Up Helen, which might just feel a bit odd, but I'd be interested in your thoughts on that. Yeah, what um, I would agree with with that is that um, it becomes too much of a of a duplication. I had a similar thing a while ago. Um, I sort of wasn't too sure whether I should have the two or the one. What I would suggest though, you can actually change your username. Um, I'm not, I forgot what you said it was currently on your old one. You can actually change that to um, you can actually change your Twitter username, and it keeps all your um, all your followers, all your um, uh, your so all the people you're following, all the people you are follow, who are following you, um, the same. Does, does that make sense? So what you're saying, Sam, is that Helen doesn't need a new Twitter account; she can just change the username exactly. on the current Twitter account. Okay, let's exactly. See. So, Helen, I've just turned your mic on. Yeah, that's just I didn't. It's I kind of I almost didn't even think of trying that. I just assumed I just a bad assumption, obviously. Um, assumed that I'd have to start another one. So I'm I'm just thinking, okay, I'll just go back. I changed Juiced Up Helen to Corp Optimist. I tell the two people that are three people that are currently following me as Corporate Optimist that they need to go back to the other one, and I'm done. Yeah, that's that's what I do. Um, and then I just put a tweet saying um, my username is now such and such. So for retweets or if they want to mention you um, in, a, in a tweet, um, that's, they'd use your new, um, your new username. Yeah, thanks so much, Sam. That's a, that, I'm sure that's a nice, simple question, answer to Helen's question. Okay, now I see, see a message from Helen saying, yep. <laughs> so thanks, that's great. That's great. Okay, so uh, we've still got about 15 minutes to go. Uh, I'm happy to now open this up for questions from the floor. Any other questions that have come up? It doesn't have to be about what we've already covered. I see, Helen, you've got your hand raised again. Do you want to add anything? It's another question that I just thought of while we were chatting. Um, and uh, given that I've got Sam and uh, Pete online, <laughs> I'll probably get an answer. Um, some time ago, I started, I've, I've got a couple of blogs that have kind of been uh, you know, started and then stopped and haven't got momentum. Some time ago I started a corporate optimism blog and it's so long ago that I cannot remember the email address or the, and I'm fairly sure that the email address that I used back then is, is dead, it might have been a Yahoo or a, it was so long ago. So I can't find the email address or the password. Um, how do I tell blogger that I want to restart that or do I just, because if I try to start it again on the same name it says I've already got one but I can't get into it. Any ideas? Mm. Okay. So it was. So you know for sure it was set up with Blogger. Yeah, it's on Blogger. I can see it. I can read it. I can. Um, I just can't uh, uh, do anything on it because I can't log into it. If I try to start a new one with the same name, it says I've already got one of that name. Um, it, it won't tell me what email address, and I and I've tried to kind of get it to tell me to talk to me through one of my current email addresses and I can't get it to do that. Mm -hmm. Okay, well I might just feel this one, Helen, because I might be able to help you. So is it a blog that's at a something.blogspot.com or have you got your domain name attached to it? I'm fairly sure it's at Blogspot. Just let me jump on and, and find it, but I'm fairly sure it's on blogspot.com. Because if that's the case, what I would suggest is abandon the old one. Is it is there a lot of information on there that you want to keep, or do you just more care about the name? I, 
I could, I could probably just grab the text. There are a couple of interesting things there, so I could gra easily grab the text. It's got, uh, it's only got, uh, it's from you know years ago when I first explored this area and before I really knew much about it, and it's probably only got two or three um, uh, posts on it. So it's really, it's really empty. I just, I would like to peel it off and start a new one, but I don't know how to do that. Yeah, look, I, I, then I would reckon that um, that you the easiest way to do it, because <laughs> I've heard that blogger, uh, hold on, just turning this off so you don't get the echo, Helen. Um, I've heard that blogger is quite difficult to contact and get help with in that area. Um, so I, my, my recommendation would be start a new blog. It almost doesn't matter what name you call it. Uh, you know, whatever.blogspot.com because what I'd suggest that you do is attach a domain name to it. So if you've got corporateoptimist.com, great. Um, if you can't, you know, that might already be taken. But look for names like corporateoptimist.info.biz.net or maybe not so much.net, but I, I like the .info for blog names. And you, whatever the blogspot name you get, you can attach a domain name to it and then no one will ever see the blogspot name ever again. Excellent. I do have corporateoptimism.com, so that's that's uh, easy. Um, and but I also like the idea of, of, of the dot info as a blogs as the sort of the blog domain name. That's an interesting concept. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Um, yep, yeah, sure. I mean, it's just my choice. So I've got gihanperera.com as my main uh, website, and I'm using gihanperera.tv as my YouTube video channel. That kind of makes sense as a TV channel, and .info as my blog. So I've just got all the names, and I mean, if you're not lucky enough to have a name like Gihan Pereira, that's not so easy to do, Helen. <laughs> but you may be able to get Corporate Optimism and then just use that as your brand or Corporate Optimist, whichever one you're choosing, and then just buy up all the domain names. It's just like what I've done with eGurus. So I couldn't get eGurus.com, uh, but I was able to get eGurus.biz, which is a membership site. eGurus.info is the marketing page for it. And eGurus.mobi, uh, M-O-B-I is the mobile version of it, which I already told members about uh, before. So I kind of like the idea of getting the, the front end of the name and then just changing the extension. Not really nice idea, and it also, I'm assuming, um, assists with uh, Google searches and all that sort of stuff. Um, my, my question is, is there anything tricky that I need to know about attaching the domain to my blog or, or that connection? Is, is that just go through Blogger and ask it to do it? Yeah, in fact, in the eGurus community, I've set up a little one-page guide on how to do that. It's pretty easy if you use, and, and the, the way I've set up the guide is there's a, the, the domain name registrar that I use is domaindiscover.com. I probably recommended to you uh, in the past, Helen. So if you set it up with Domain Discover, it costs like I think $15 a year or something for your domain name. And then, if you like, I'll email you the link to that little guide that I've set up. Blogger itself has its own guide on how to set it up, and I refer you to that, but it basically says, here's what you set up at Blogger, and then go to your domain registrar and make the, you know, fix, do the magic at their end, which is right, but it's not always easy, so I've set up one for domain discover, just little screenshots to show you how to do that, but I think I set, I think Sam followed those instructions when he set up his, so it's pretty easy, and I'll send you the link, and if anybody else wants to do a similar thing, I'll send you the link as well. I love the um, the idea of not having blogspot.com as part of my blog. I, mm. I hadn't had no idea how to do that. I just I love that idea. Thank you, thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Okay, I just see this. Um some questions, some comments have come in. So, okay, somebody else asked for the link, so I'll definitely do that. And Karen has said that the book looks great and have downloaded it already. So I think there's a comment for you, uh, Pete. So thank you for thank you for sharing there. Chris, I'm just turning your microphone on. Go ahead. Oh, hi. Thanks. Thanks, Leanne. I just listened to Helen there. I'm, I'm a bit perplexed as to um, why you'd have your blog on a, a separate site rather than as part of your, your, works, your, um, your, your website anyway. Like, why would you use blogger.com at all? Okay. I'll just tell Helen. Go there. I think, uh, well, um, the reason that I said I like the idea is, is that then the, all of those webs, for me it's about that, it's, it's kind of an extension of what Bihan was talking about, about the solar system, that my core website is 
information about me and my blog is another opportunity for people to find, if they type in corporate optimism or they type in Helen MacDonald, they might find one of those other things. One of my challenges is I don't have a name like Ihan Pereira and so um, there are other Helen MacDonalds who are, are somewhat prolific uh, in various, one's an academic and one's a, um, an artist and they both have catalogues and go to conferences and stuff. So trying to get my name up I, you know, with more visibility having multiple versions of the site with my name prolifically on them would be, would be helpful for my profile, I think. I'm just going to add, just going to add something, and then, Chris, I'd, I'd love to know your uh, view on this. Um, this question comes up all the time. Like the, the second most common question that I get about blogging is this one. The most common one is, should I use Blogger or WordPress? The second most common one is, should I have my blog on my website or have it separate? I've talked to some people, even some search engine marketing people, uh, because one argument is having it separate means that uh, you get more links into your website and other people, uh, the, the opposite perspective is having it on the same website means that your website has more substance, therefore Google likes it more. So I've, I've, seen, I've heard pros and cons and nobody's been able to give me a definite answer on which one is better. They generally say just use whatever is easier for you. So if your website software allows mm. you to create a blog on it, I'm just turning your mic off for a moment because I'm getting a bit of feedback. So generally they say if your website software allows you to create a blog on it, do it. But if it doesn't, then um, use, a, use an external service like Blogger. So do you have any comments on that, Chris? I'd love to know what you think. Yeah, I've got, I've got uh, two sites. The one I built completely Chris, I just, I just turn your mic off because there's a lot of... Um, Buzz from your microphone. Maybe, maybe just move it away a little bit from your mouth. Maybe, or I'm not sure why. Let's try that again. How's that, Dan? Uh, yeah, it's a little bit better. There's a bit of static, but I think we can live with that. Um, I was just saying that I've got two sites. One I built entirely in WordPress, and one with straight HTML and added the, the blog. And I guess my thinking with both of those was that I wanted to build the sites up. Um, and, and so um, I, I really wanted that content attached to that, that site. And, and what I'm going to do is have a Twitter account that's just in my name that goes to goes to those sites. So kind of have that, uh, or, or in fact a third website which is just my name rather than content. So there will be the three sites. There will be Chris Pop, the Workplace Wellbeing, and there will be Laughterworks. But those blogs are really aimed at those communities, and they're kind of different communities, and I really wanted them attached to the site. Yeah, so that was my thinking. Yeah, great, great. And, yeah, uh, I, I've heard that, exactly, I've heard that very same argument. And for me, I find that, you know, because I do have them separate like Helen does, every time I blog I have to copy, like create a new article page on my website, so there's a little bit of duplication. Yeah, so thank you for that. Okay, Anne Richards has asked a question and she's typed it in, so I'll read it out because she says she's got some noise in the background. So Anne's question, which might be the last one that we have for today, is how much do people, this is Anne Richards, how much do people outsource all their social media stuff? For example, setting it up, transitioning, maintaining it, and what's the best job spec to use on Elance and any suggestions about how to screen respondents? So would anyone like to comment or contribute to that conversation, to that question about how much do you outsource, and then if you do choose to outsource it, are there any tips or tricks on how to get the best responses? Okay, so I see a, question, uh, see a comment coming in. Uh, no, that, that was a different one. <laughs> Someone says, great question. Um, Okay, so somebody's, uh, somebody has got their hand raised and somebody's asked what I do. So let me just open up Sam's mic first and then I'll contribute with mine. Go ahead, Sam. Yeah, thanks, Johan. Um, you obviously mentioned before um, with the, the Facebook um, thing that I use, so I use Elance to, to do that. I think it really depends on, on the type of, on the type of uh, role or job that, that you need um, Outsource to use something like Elance, something that doesn't probably have as need as much control or monitoring on your behalf, then it's then it's quite good. Um, to answer the the second part of the question in terms of how do you um, uh, gauge how sort of good in quotes um, the, the 
job applicant is I just look at all their, their testimonials, their portfolios um, and their feedback rate um, and they, they're trying to obviously promote themselves and so the biggest thing is just look at their portfolio and see what they've done before. Whenever you submit something to Elance, you'll, you'll get a whole lot of responses to, to people who, um, who, who want to do the job and I always look at it pretty closely because a lot of the, the responses are just the same. You can see they haven't actually looked at my particular um, request and I just I get rid of them straight away. Anyone who's taking a bit of time to, to deal with my particular questions or what I'm after, then they definitely go on, on a bit of a shortlist. Yep, great, thanks. And I find the same, uh, Sam. It's almost exactly the same thing. I look at, uh, I look to see what they've, what sort of similar work they've done in the past, and what sort of feedback they've got on that work. But also that that very last thing you said, I find, is a very big differentiator. That if they have just obviously cut and paste some response that they sent to everybody, then that definitely loses them points. And if they've actually taken the trouble to respond to my specific job request, um, then that gains in points and some of them, and you'd be surprised how many people are just doing the cut and paste bit. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Um, with this, for example, the Facebook one I mentioned earlier, um, more than, definitely more than half were just cut and paste. So it was, it was enlightening to receive some who actually responded to my requests. <laughs> yes. All right, I've got Gary's hand raised as well. Karen Boys, by the way, has uh, for you and has responded saying that she's employed a 22-year-old who does it all for her. Yeah, and I know that Jess does a fantastic job. So, Gary, do you want to add to that? Uh, yes, I'd say ditto to the previous comments about Elance. Um, we, we use it primarily so far for um, transcri um, transcribing um, files or audio files and then changing them into ebooks and, and so far my experience with e, um, Elance for those activities has been really positive. Similar sorts of things, we, we check the references, check the work history. If uh, people look like they're cutting and pasting a response, they go into the too hard basket and move on. But there, there's plenty of folk out there that um, are, 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 seem to be quite fair income and, um, and so far I haven't had a bad experience with Elance and found it to be a terrific service. Yeah. Yep, me too. Um, just one hint that I've, I find uh, that I'll give if you haven't used Elance a lot or even if you haven't used it at all, just like, make, your, make life easy on yourself by starting with something that's not urgent and not expensive. So don't get somebody to you know, proofread your entire book and do editing on your new book that's coming out in two weeks for a book launch as your first project on Elance. It's just like setting yourself up for a risky situation because I've found some Elance people are quite flaky. Some people are really reliable, but you know, you've, got to, you've got to find out which one's which. And uh, that's, that's hard to do um, if you start off with a really difficult one because then it just puts pressure on yourself. And Karen has made a couple of comments saying Jess is blushing, but she does a fantastic job. Um, but Karen, a couple of people have asked about uh, asked you, and I might just ask you for the last word on this. So Chris has asked, what does Karen get her freelancer to do? Um, and also says, surely you can't outsource the content. And um, Anne wants to know how to contact you. So I'm just going to open up your microphone, Karen, if, assuming that you've still got your microphone available, um, just to answer those questions and maybe tell people how to get in touch with you. Karen, by the way, is a member of the eGurus community, so you can find Karen Boys, B-O-Y-E-S, in the eGurus community. But Karen, go ahead. Hi. Um, what was, there were several questions there. I use Elance uh, for several things. Um, I have my eBooks done through Elance. We have a magazine designed and edited through Elance. Um, and just like Gihan said, I started with little projects and now I have designers all around the world doing stuff for me. Um, I give them a little project and then they get bigger and bigger. And, um, uh, we have looked at um, using Elance for uh, developing i-applications, so for the iPhone, iPad, etc. Um, although we haven't gone down that track yet because it's, it's huge. So we're using Elance for lots of things like that. Great. And is there anything that, uh, can people contact you, Karen, if they want some hints about uh, using Elance? Yeah, certainly. Uh, okay. My email address is karen at spectrumeducation.com. And to answer the question about what we do, we train teachers about how to teach more effectively and we teach students about how to study and pass exams. 
Great. And in terms of the work that Jess does for you, uh, like specifically the, the question that Chris was asking about was outsourcing the content. So presumably, like you're writing the material and Jess is the one who's then pushing it out into these various forums. Is that right? Um, mostly, yes. Yeah. Although she can take information from previous books we've written and use that as well. So it's at her discretion, really. Yeah, great. Both. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Karen. Oh, sorry, sorry, I turned your microphone off. Oh, sorry. Jess has been with me for six years, so she thinks like me now, so it's quite nice. Yeah, and I know a few other clients who are doing the same thing, where they've got people who they say, okay, well, I can, I can do so much by outsourcing, but I really need to do some insourcing as well. Yeah. I also have a university student who's doing a degree in computer science. He comes in once a week, and he's fantastic when we're setting up new websites and just asking little questions. And because he just comes in once a week, it doesn't cost us very much. It's a lovely way to do it. Great. Great. Thanks, Karen. And thanks to everybody who's been on the social media forum today. I'm going to do a little bit of advertising, for, particularly for people on the eGurus community, who, uh, about events that are coming up. And you might be interested in that even if you're not already. But I'm going to stop the recording soon. So before I do that, let me show you where you can get the recording later. And by the way, just for people who uh, really liked all the stuff about uh, e-lancing and outsourcing, um, I'm more than happy for the next month when we run this uh, social media forum. Let's talk about that. Um, that's, that's part of it. It doesn't only have to be talking about what you're doing with Facebook. It can also be talking about how you get other people to help you with that. So I will be publishing this uh, recording, and it will be published on my blog. So it will be within the next 24 hours. If you go to gihanperera.info, I'll make sure that the recording of this social media forum is available for you. And we'll be running it again uh, on the last Wednesday of each month. There seems to be enough interest at the moment, so uh, I'll continue running it as long as there is interest. So let me stop the recording now and say thank you to everyone who's come along. And uh, I hope to have you back next month as well.